UFC 271 Post Fight Thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parlor at FightJunkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch.tv slash Real Fight Junkie. Tie to Avasa wins inside. Israel Arasanya wins inside. You lose. Boring. 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 Sorry. I always got to tell you the truth. Generally, I don't start with the main event. We do the uh, the prelims or the co-main, or unless we had no other action. Obviously, we had the uh, tied to Avasa that hit. But I have to start out with the main event this time because I personally think it was very, very boring. I also don't know what people are watching thinking that Rob was able to win that fight. Robert Whitaker, even his corner in the last round of the fight, told him he was losing the fight on points and that they needed more from him, specifically the right hand and takedowns, of course. And what did he do? He fought the same round in the fifth round as he did in the first round, as the second round, the third round, the fourth round. The guy was content with moving around, pot shotting, shooting a takedown here or there, and losing the fight on points. I'm sorry, but you could watch this fight from round one and round five without sound, and Robert Whitaker fought the same way every single round. But somehow, some way, people were able to extract one of those boring-ass rounds and throw it over to Whitaker's side. The takedowns were insignificant. They meant nothing. I don't think he held Izzy down for longer than 10 seconds in any round. And his offense was limited at best, and that's being nice. The cat ran around the octagon, pretty much got his leg tore up, and was content with going the distance. Did he do some good things? Not really. I mean, he did some things, but I don't think any of it was great. The idea that you're going to extract this round, that round, and another round, of course, because it's only going to be three rounds. Nobody out there is crazy enough to try to say he won four or five rounds. So anybody that is saying Whitaker won is going to do it by the by the slimmest margin possible to try to make it believable, and it's still not believable. I don't even think the 48-47 for Izzy is believable, but I'm going to give everybody a pass this time around. I'm going to give the 48-47 twice judges a pass. I'm going to give the 49-46 Izzy judge a pass. I'm going to give everybody and anybody who said Robert Whitaker won the fight a pass. Why? Because it was so damn boring. 
half the people were probably falling asleep watching it. So nobody knows what the hell really happened. Your eyes are getting heavy. You're kind of dozing off, maybe slipping off the chair a little bit. You get up to go a little tinkle, tinkle, get a little something, something from the fridge. I mean, come on, guys. Anybody that thinks that fight was good didn't watch it. So you're going to know right away the people that said the fight was brilliant and there should be a third fight never even saw one second of one round of that fight because it was atrocious. Let me get in on Izzy because this ain't just about Robert Whitaker. This is the third fight in a row that I'm going to criticize Israel Adesanya. I don't know what it is. I don't know if people have figured him out. I don't know if he's starting to decline, but something is not right with Israel Adesanya. And I'm telling you now, so you remember this, you bookmark this podcast because when he gets laid out or loses and 185 pounds, you remember where you heard it first. Now, with that said, I don't think he lost tonight, but his timing is off. I said this in the pre-fight podcast When we did this podcast for the Whitaker fight, I said, watch his fight with, of course, Jan, because he lost that fight officially, but watch his fight with Marvin. He, his timing is off the shots. Not only is his timing off offensively, it's off defensively. And you can see that in this fight. Whitaker should have never even been able to land those jabs on Izzy in a slow pace fight where you knew what Whitaker was going to do. The announcers knew it. The fans knew it. Everybody watching on TV knew it. All he was doing was the left hand. Yet Izzy was still getting touched here and there with the left hand. But beyond that, his offensive timing is gone. I am telling you what made him so good was he was able to make people miss and make them pay consistently. And if you look at this fight, the majority of his offense was with the lay kick and nothing else. And when he threw, often he missed Robert Whitaker. That is not what made Adesanya great. What made Adesanya great was what you saw in the first round. Where he, boom, catches Whitaker, drops him right on his ass, right away. Gets the leg kicks going, setting up for his punches and counter punches. And then it just slowly faded away and became a fight where he was pressing the action. Whitaker wasn't doing jack shit. But the majority of his offense came from the leg kick. When Robert Whitaker got a little wild, Adesanya would try to counter, but his timing was off. When Whitaker was in complete retreat mode, it was just leg kick. Adesanya was not comfortable leading. Now, granted, he's a counterpuncher by nature. This is in his DNA. But still, you had a guy in front of you that was very limited in what he was going to throw back as far as Whitaker goes. Adesanya could have opened up. Hell, there was even some Joe Rogan text conspiracy about Adesanya hurting his hand in the fight because... He wasn't doing jack shit with his punches. And Adesanya after the fight said, no, I just, I was just, you know, grabbing my glove. That's just the thing I was doing. Well, why the hell weren't you letting your punches go? It's not like Robert Whitaker is a defensive master, first of all. Second of all, he was doing the same thing round after round. And even if you want to say a round or two for Izzy to figure him out, after that, there's no excuses because he was literally doing the exact same thing defensively and offensively. 
and the rest line wasn't even a problem for Izzy. As you saw, the few times uh, Robert was able to take him down, Izzy popped right back up. That's a non-issue. So you don't have to worry about opening up and Whitaker being able to take you down and keep you down because he's proven he can't take you down and keep you down. So what the hell's up? If you don't believe me, go back and watch. Is he against Jan? Is he against Marvin? And is he against Whitaker in the second fight? Now you're going to tell me that Izzy's timing is not off. It's off. And I was really watching closely in this fight to see if his timing was there because I knew Robert Whitaker could not absorb the strikes from Israel Adesanya. You saw that in the first round. The only reason Whitaker went the distance with this nonsense that Whitaker won the fight, the only reason Whitaker went the distance is because it was an absolute boring garbage style of fight. And it wasn't even what we predicted going in. How Whitaker could potentially win was the Marvin style of fighting where he pinned Adesanya up against the cage or he just held him down on the ground, slowed the entire fight down that way where Izzy couldn't produce offense. No. In fact, he was making tactical mistakes of getting Izzy against the cage and then backing himself out of it when Izzy broke his clinch. So Izzy had every opportunity in the world to light this dude up on the feet. But his timing was off. I am telling you, I'm telling you, I am telling you. There's something up with Izzy. I don't know if we're seeing the decline of Izzy. Or like I said, if somehow, someway, the the movement of Whitaker and then like the clinch work of Marvin and the weight of Jan. If we're just seeing this weird combination in these last three fights consecutively have messed up his mojo. Otherwise, I'm going to look at this fight even closer and say, wait a minute. Are we seeing a decline of Israel Adesanya because he's a reflex-based fighter? And I said in the pre-fight podcast, and I'll keep saying it. At some point in time, a reflex-based fighter gets starched. It happens. Because when their reflexes go and they're off just by a hair, what they used to be able to do and how they used to be able to defend, they can't anymore. And if you don't believe me, look how Izzy, again, pre-fight podcast, He's always pulled back with his chin up in the air. It's how he got knocked out in kickboxing. And I said, this is how he will get an additional loss in the UFC if he continues the fight and his reflexes go. Because it's an extremely bad tactical error. But the issue here is, in this Whitaker fight, he was doing that where his chin looked just primed to be ripped off. Whitaker's not good enough, especially at this stage of the, of the game, to take advantage of it. But in my opinion, Arasani looked off offensively and defensively, and that is a problem. That is a huge problem for Israel Arasanya because if you're off defensively like that, it doesn't even take a better skilled fighter to land something that can put you out. It just takes literally a quote-unquote lucky shot where somebody throws a haymaker, and because your reflexes are a little bit less, and you're a reflex-based fighter, boom, all of a sudden, you find yourself in a position where you never found yourself in before. I don't know, guys. I'm going to stick to my guns on this. I think there's. I think we're seeing a decline in Israel Adesanya. Now, he may not have a ton of fights in the UFC, but he's had a long combat sports career. Fighters don't age chronologically. They age by wear and tear. And granted, he hasn't taken a lot of abuse. 
But that's a lot of training camps. That's a lot of training. That's a lot of competition that he's put his body through. And I just think we're starting to see the start of his reflexes kind of declining. It's going to be a slow pace, I think. I think it's a slow pace, but this is three fights in a row. I don't think he's totally shy. I don't think he's totally gone. I still think he's trying to do and fight like he normally does, but I don't think he's as effective as he was. And so unless you believe Jan, Marvin, and Whitaker in the second fight have somehow thrown a wrench into his fighting style and somehow confused him enough that you can excuse his timing, his mistiming, then okay. But if you can't make that case, then the only logical assumption here is that we're starting to see a decline. It happens to all of them. Different times, different ages, different sports, but it happens to all of them. And I just don't like the way Izzy has looked. I said this in the pre-fight podcast. I had issues with his timing. I couldn't understand why his timing was off. And it just, it, it was even worse to me tonight because he didn't have a guy who was holding him in spots, who didn't want to engage, who was extremely worried about his striking ability. So he had to keep it really close and tight, would bull rush forward. He didn't get that with Robert Whitaker. So this was a fight stylistically he should have shined in, especially when he had Whitaker moving back. Now, granted, Again, like I said, Izzy's a natural counterpuncher, so he may not like to lead, but he was chewing up that leg, and when he threw his hands, he already put Whitaker down. It wasn't like when he threw and he missed, Whitaker was coming back with crazy counterpunch combinations, clipping them, hurting them, shooting takedowns. There was none of that. Whitaker was very passive for most of the fight. Most of the fight, he was very passive, and that's why I gave the fight to Adesanya. Because I don't think you can win a fight like that where you're basically not producing anything, hoping that, you know, you're going to land a takedown and keep him down and he pops back up and you run around the octagon again for two or three minutes and do the same thing. Like, I mean, come on. Like, really? His best offensive weapon was the jab. And I don't even think he should have been landing that against Adesanya, to be honest, because that's a basic of a basic punch. And that was the key to Adesanya is you could throw combinations at him in his prime you could throw combination punches at him and he would slip all those combination punches and come back and light your ass up and probably knock you out you're not seeing that now you're seeing a dude be able to hit Adesanya with a freaking double jab you're seeing Adesanya not be able to counter that and when he does try to counter that he misses this is not a prime uh, prime Adesanya I don't believe it He's going to have to go on a tremendous performance and show me the timing. It's not even about the knockout power. It's not even about blasting people down. It's the timing that he needs to be able to produce the results that he was doing before, which means make him miss, make him pay. If you can't complete that side of the coin, right, you need both sides. You need to make them miss. You need to make them pay. Then what has changed? Like I said, if you can't point to these three opponents, and say, this is what they did, this is how they did it, and opponents 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, he's back to the same old Izzy, then we're going to have a problem. Now, Jared Cannonier, I think Cannonier is a, a lower level than these guys that he's been facing, in all honesty. He didn't look very good against Brunson until he caught him. And Brunson, I mean, number three in the world, but, I mean, he was on, I think, a, a five-fight win streak or something, but that guy, you want to talk about unorthodox, and that's putting it nicely. Like, I mean, wow, some of those uh, some of those techniques that 
he throws, I'm like, how the hell did this guy win five fights? But nevertheless, Jared was able to win the fight. But, I mean, watching his performance against Brunson, I just don't think that he's going to have anything for Izzy. But who the hell knows? Because apparently... You can stay in front of Izzy, throw a little bit of movement in, have a double jab, and he can't do anything, and he's going to go five rounds with you. So I'm going to have to look at that. Obviously, Izzy's going to be a huge favorite. He should be a huge favorite. He he should win the fight, and he should look spectacular, but he should have done that tonight as well. And even if you like Izzy in this fight, even if you thought he won the fight, even if you gave him four rounds, five rounds, three rounds, whatever you gave him, it still was a lackluster performance. So... Not impressed. Certainly not impressed with Whitaker. He, after the fight, he said, oh, I won the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You had your opportunity in the octagon for five rounds. Not to gibber jaw and jaw and talk gibberish after the fact. You had five rounds to do more than what you did against what I think is a diminished Izzy and you couldn't get the job done. Now he's going to hang his hat on, oh, I won the fight 48-47 and all the Rob backers who believe he's a nice guy and he seems a genuine guy and a family guy and that's why they like him. I think that's why you could scrape out three rounds for Robert somehow, some way and be like, oh, Robert won the fight. Listen, nobody's going to be interested in watching him fight a third time. I don't think I don't think that fight will come off a third time. I think it's going to be Jared Cannonier for Izzy next. And Izzy, he, if he does not look impressive in that fight, that's it for me. I'm saying the decline is real, it's official, and that's it. Because, again, he's going to have a guy in Jared Cannonier that's going to stand right in front of him and give him every opportunity in the world to counter sloppy shots and come back with straight punches that in the past would have at the very least landed cleanly if not caused knockdowns and eventual knockouts. So I need to see more from Izzy because I'm not impressed three fights in a row. Tied to Uvasa, Derek Lewis. This one pretty much went how we thought it would. Of course we were on to Uvasa wins inside, but the big but here, the big key to what I'm about to tell you, we said in the pre-fight podcast, Derek Lewis is a front runner. Let me say that again for those in the cheap seats. Derek Lewis is a front runner. Meaning, when things are going his way, he's gung-ho to get it down and do what needs to be done. But when he faces adversity, he folds. What is this, loss number nine, I think, for Lewis? You've seen this if you've watched his career. He does this. If he has it his way, look out. You saw him hurt Tuavasa. The difference between Tuavasa and Lewis in this fight Tuavasa was willing to walk through the fire to get the win. When Lewis got hurt, he folded. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a good chin. That doesn't mean he's not exciting. That doesn't mean he doesn't have power. That doesn't mean any of those things that people would claim I'm saying. I'm not saying any of that. Doesn't mean he's, I mean, what he does, he does well. It's just a flaw in his psyche that he has trouble overcoming adversity. 
Now, were those shots legitimate from Ty Tuovasa? Of course they were. I'm not saying that he took a dive, that he quit, that he did, nothing like that. What I'm saying is the dude has trouble overcoming adversity. Were the shots that Derek Lewis landed on Ty Tuovasa hard? Was he hurt? Was he wobbly? Did he have to overcome adversity? Yes, he did. He was able to do what Derek Lewis throughout his career has proven he cannot do. It's one of the reasons that we said going into this fight with Derek Lewis being the favorite, it's a very, very risky proposition to bet Derek Lewis as a favorite. If you like Lewis and his punching power, you can take him as an underdog, specifically inside. But if if you think that Derek Lewis deserves to be a minus 170 or minus 200 favor, whatever ended up being against Tai Tuovasa, or anybody for that matter, you've got you've to really make sure that you're 100% confident that Derek Lewis is not going to have to face adversity in that fight. It has to be a stylistic matchup that favors him 100%. Because you can face adversity with a guy who just kicks your legs and moves around the octagon and outpoints you. You can face adversity with a wrestler who's going to take you down and hold you down. You can face adversity with a grappler who's going to take your back and choke you out. You can face adversity with a slugger like Tai Tuovasa who's going to say, let's see who's got the bigger balls here. Who can take the most damage and come back? So that's why we did not like Derek Lewis specifically because of the line. And you were getting plus 225-ish on Tai Tuovasa wins inside. And that one hit. Tai Tuovasa and Derek Lewis did what we expected them to do. Tai Tuovasa was able to overcome. He was able to be hard-nosed and gritty and nose to the grindstone. Overcome. Put Lewis in a bad position and Lewis wasn't able to overcome. Izzy and Robert Whitaker. Oh my lord, boys and girls. Don't even get me started. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.